This special episode is partial audio from a conversation I had with the Amish Inquisition podcast on Sunday, September 5th. We talked about all things Star Wars because they're huge Star Wars fans. So we talked about the music, we talked about the characters, some of the story elements, the prequels, Jar Jar Binks, and you know some stuff about this world as well. So give it a listen. If you like this, you can find the full conversation on their podcast feed and their YouTube channel. So I'll link it in the show notes below. So thanks for listening, and may the Force be with you. Willkommen, bienvenue, konnichiwa, ni hao, jambo, marhaba. Hi, hi. What's hi, hi? I don't know, Finnish maybe? Fuck <laughs> me. <laughs> Welcome to the Armist Inquisition, episode 198 on Sunday the 5th of August. I'm Armish... I'm Armish Ben. <laughs> Hang on, it's not Armish. You're Armish Phil. 5th of September. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, new school year. <laughs> yeah, I'm Armish Phil. I'm Amish Ben still. Oh, and I'm Amish Matt. Oh, it's chaos. Uh, everything's under control. Situation normal. <laughs> uh, we've got Kyle here from Conspiracy in the Force. Hello, Kyle! Good, good afternoon. Well, good evening to you, gentlemen. How is mm. everybody doing over there? Good. Yeah, you know, fair to middling. I'm good. Hello there. Y- <laughs> y- you know, I-, I brought my face covering in case you- it made you guys more sa- feel more safe. If you need, me- if you want me to wear this throughout, you know, I can. I mean, it's odd. It has the opposite effect for, for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It-, it is a little bit more threatening, isn't it? It's a little bit more dangerous. <laughs> Red is danger. You can't catch the cooth through Zoom, can you? Or is that like, is that going to be the new variant? It's how midichlorians uh, travel. Uh, uh, uh. Let me check the CDC website real quick and see if there's any new updates on that. I'm sure there yeah. will be. So, how's it going over there in the states? Pretty mental. Local. Pretty mental yeah, by the yeah. looks of it from our side. <laughs> yeah, you know, I feel like it's always been been that been mental, and it just has been ramping up over and over, more and more. You know, uh, people are crazy. Luckily, you know, I've gotten hooked up with people like you guys and a lot of other great people on social media that. You know, we can all look at this stuff and laugh at it and, and totally understand how, how much of a clown world we're living in. But there's so, so many people that are so, are so into it and so invested into all these crazy things that we should or shouldn't be doing right now. And it's just, it, it's total madness. You have to either laugh about it or cry about it. So I'm just going to laugh about it, I guess. I've noticed that. I've been struggling over the last couple of weeks because I'm so immersed in the, like, the media messaging and looking at what people are being what's being piped into people's houses and it can get on top of you if you don't stop and just try and step back and have a laugh at it all yeah you need to unplug man right. you do yeah right. but i have to do this every fucking week don't i it's a problem <laughs> this show doesn't produce itself yeah it's hard to unplug when you're creating content because you always need to be plugged in and know what's going on because that's what other people are going to be wanting you to talk about so it's 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 very difficult but you know it's uh 
you do have to unplug slightly, you know, maybe like 1.3 minutes a day, you know, that'll, that'll get you what you need. It just, uh, and it just seems to grow as well. We started a discord thing, a discord server a few weeks ago. And so that's like another thing that I'm checking every day. And it's like, I seem, I seem to get rid of one and then pick up another. You're our Petri right. dish. <laughs> what? You're our Petri dish, Phil. For what? Just everything. We, we put you forward into the, into the murk and the mire. And you collect, you collect the filth from the internet. See what grows. And it is filth. I mean, Twitter <laughs> is just a fucking cesspit. I don't oh, know I'll how you, you, like... you, you do quite a lot of tweeting, don't you? I do a lot of tweeting, a lot of Instagram and stuff. And, you know, it's, it's, it's good and bad, you know, like so many people send me different videos and links and all kinds of stuff all the time. And like, I feel bad because there's just no way I can digest all this information because it's coming from all different angles. You can get three people sending you a video about one topic in a different (laughs) angle or a different way to think about it. So I'm just like some, some of it, I just, I can't even, I can't even get into and wrap my mind around it because it just, it takes up so much time. And yeah, I, I appreciate what you're saying about like the discord. I used to be in a lot of discord servers, you know, six months to a year ago and it was great and a lot of great info and a lot of great people and stuff, but you just go down this wormhole and it's a, it's a whole nother social media basically at that point that you're just lost in it for hours and hours on end. And it's, it's good and bad. So it's, it's hard to, it's hard to pick and choose. I mean, the other thing with, with things like discord is it can quickly turn into echo chambers. Mm. Yeah. Um, that's mm-hmm. the other thing. I mean, uh, in fact, um, one of our listeners has just set up a macro aggressions Discord. Yes, uh, yes, Charlie didn't, uh, Helen. Didn't have one. Helen. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you know Helen? Helen from mm-hmm. Berkshire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I talk with her a little bit on Twitter every now and then. Yeah, yeah, I saw that she did that the other day, so that's awesome. I'll it is check cool. that out. It's kind of soul destroying because we had eyes up for like four weeks, and Charlie's already got like twice as many members as us. Oh, he's a he's a mon- he's a monster in this game. You, yeah. you guys have had Charlie on before? Yeah, yeah last yeah. year was it about about this time last year? Maybe, maybe. Um, yeah, yeah. It was in the thick of it, wasn't it? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. We know yeah, we know he, Charlie. He's incredible. He's incredible. You know, my I, I I give so much credit to him for you know the platform I have now because if he wouldn't have brought me on his show, you know, several months ago, you know, I I, it, I never would have been able to reach as many people as I as I have so far. So, you know, big, big props to him for, for throwing me out there. Cause I, I sent him a message. I'm like, Hey, I think this might be a good topic for your show. Like not even thinking he would like respond or anything. I mean, my God, he probably gets a zillion of these requests every now and then. Right. And he, I was just like, Hey, let's talk about star Wars and totalitarian governments and this and that. And I'm just like waiting and waiting. And then I saw he responded back. He's like, he's like, let's fucking do it. I'm like, Oh, Oh, Oh shit. Now I'm terrified. Now I actually got to get something. Now I got to get something ready. I'm like, damn it. Damn it. Oh, Oh shit. Okay. All right. Well, here we go. So yeah, big, big credit to him. And he's a, he's a, he's a monster. I don't know how he does what he does, writing all the books, doing all the podcasts, owning his own company, going on every single person's podcast. Like I have no idea. He might, he might not be a human, but I want to think he's a human. Don't out him as a reptile. (laughs) Sleeper agent. You heard it here first. Oh, I can see a Twitter war coming. Yeah, Charlie, I love you. Everything else is alive. Holy joshing. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, let's not quite... Um, Execute order 69, dude! We'll not do that just yet. <laughs> you gave me a good excuse to bust out all the Star Wars uh, sound bites that I've collected over the last few years since we've been doing this, but... 
I love it. Yeah. I love it. Bring them, bring them all out. I'm just going to try to say things that'll prompt quotes. So <laughs> if what I'm saying doesn't make sense, it's because I'm just trying to, uh, to feed into your soundboard. <laughs> when did you, um, do you like have a, a first memory of when you first saw Star Wars? Yeah. So it was, um, so I was born in 1984. So I'm 36 years old. And I was, well, it's kind of funny. I was born in 1984 and we're basically living in 1984. <laughs> it's, I don't know. I, I'm basically zero years old, but so in the mid nineties, you know, back when the VHS VHS was a thing. And one of my friends in, in middle school gave me a copy, a copy of it. And over the weekend I watched them all. And I was just, I was just amazed and blown away. And, you know, one of the first, one of the things that always stuck with me, and it's not really one that you think would just like stick with you from the original movie, but it was kind of like a, a gory scene. It was when Obi-Wan sliced that dude's arm off in the cantina. <laughs> For some reason, I kept thinking about this dude's severed arm. I'm like, man, maybe I need to go see a therapist or something. This is really, this is not something I should be thinking and dwelling about. But I was like, holy crap. Like, it just, like, this story just went there. Um, I don't know if I had seen kind of violence like that in a kind of a kid's kind of movie before. So, but yeah, it it just really um, hit home with me just about the whole, and it's a very basic story if you think about the original movie, right? Like a kid goes from, living out in the middle of nowhere, having a purpose and accomplishing something huge. And I think we can all, you know, put that into our own, our own world and our own template on how that uh, affects us. You know, I, um, I've always been kind of an introverted, kind of a quiet kind of kid, but, but like seeing this movie kind of made me realize that maybe there are larger things I can do out in the world. Um, and not just kind of, you know, stay to myself. So, and I've definitely, um, realized that a lot more over the past year or so, you know, with doing the podcast and everything, thinking like, you know, I, even though my personality is very kind of somewhat shy and introverted and I'd rather kind of have time to myself. Like, I think I have some things that other people might, um, it might help other people. It might be good for other people to see some of those perspectives. So from that aspect, it kind of helped me to kind of grow, grow personally. Um, and, and of course the story and, and the music and the characters, everything is just, <sighs> Oh, the, freaking amazing! The music. I mean, the, the John Williams soundtrack is it makes it for me. Mm-hmm. Oh and, yeah, and the yeah. and the prequels as well. You know, yeah, you know, and I was and I was just talking about this the other day. Um, the 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 finale in Revenge of the Sith, where you know Obi Wan and Anakin are fighting. You know, in a normal like action type movie, you would hear some like thematic like action type music, like you would see in like you know, Transformers or, like, all the Marvel movies. But, like, the music that John Williams chose was, like, this, like, a, a, a chorus, almost like an opera, right? So, like, it was basically saying that this was a tragic story. This isn't a fun action scene that you're just supposed to, like, like watch, you know, from, from the corner of your eye when you're doing something else. No, it's, it's a very impactful scene in the movie, and he gave it that gravity with that operatic mu- uh, music and feel. So it, mm-hmm. it felt less like an action-adventure scene and more like a Greek tragedy you know, from, from thousands of years ago, which is an incredible, an incredible feat. So yeah, I'm, I'm hugely into the, into the music. And, you know, I don't know if you guys have seen any of these, but on YouTube, they have a bunch of, of, of clips from the movies where they cut the music out altogether. And like, you, you just watch the scene and you're like, it just doesn't have that oomph to it. No. You know, that, that some of those dramatic strings and stuff bring into it. And, you know, and, and I consider it kind of like another character in the movie and, you know, um, someone a podcast I listened to in the, in the past would refer to that music as like the oxygen of star Wars, you know, because it really 
it, 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 it gave those scenes, it gave those characters, it gave those moments an organic feel to it. You know, that, that was really, really missing if you didn't have it in there. So it's a, it's, yeah. it's a huge thing that I don't think enough people really, really think about and, and, and get into. And it's there right from the start, right from the, the very first beat of the first uh, movie, that first massive orchestra hit. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's like, and it, you know, there's very, I, I'd imagine there's not many scenes where there isn't something going on in the background, music-wise, right. but I remember... Um, one, one thing real quick on the, yeah. on the music, the, the main title, and I, I listened to a breakdown of this, and I'll, I'll send you the link if I can find it, but the actual notes in, like, the main Star Wars tale, like, in the dun 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 like, the actual notes that are used in that, in the progressions very closely aligned with like what a hero's journey is because there there's there's highs and there's lows and then there's an equally immense high and an equal low like in in the actual notes themselves so the fact that John Williams he didn't just write this music he actually thought about what the story was and wrote that into the actual notes of the music like it when i first heard that it gave me chills and it, it blew my mind because you knew this guy was on another level when it came to you know music writing yeah, yeah, it's completely unmatched, isn't it, when it comes mm. to film yeah. scores? Yeah, absolute genius. Yeah, and uh, you, you sort of hinted there about the Revenge of the Sith. There's a lot of dark moments in those films. You know, I'll I remember when the first time I saw the scene where he, he executes the younglings, old Anakin. You know, yeah. and the old. Uh, what have I done? <laughs> and it's like, I mean, that's proper dark for yeah. what is essentially a kids, you know, a kids teenagers film. Yeah, Although yeah. it does, you yeah. know, adults enjoy it because there's sort of there's that nostalgic element. They, they remember seeing the original three films, but I mean, it's pretty heavy stuff to put on kids. That isn't it? Seeing the the little little Jedi younglings getting well executed. Uh, it, yeah. it, it, it is, and you know, you can kind of think about you know without like specific examples, just in our world, like the people who are most <laughs> successful in entertainment and all kinds of stuff or, or business, like. They've, you know, they've done, or politics, especially, I would say politics, they've done terrible things, you know, in their lives to, to get to the level they're at. And that was a specific showing of, you know, to achieve. And, and that's the whole ironic part about that is uh, the only reason he d went down this path was to try to save his wife, right? So he's like, hey, I need to save my wife, but let me go ahead and kill all these kids first. They don't matter. But as long as I can save my wife in the end, like, it, it, if you think about it, uh, comprehensively it doesn't make it doesn't make sense you know why why do you think you're going to be able to save your wife if your soul is so dark at this point it, it just and it doesn't and in the end he lost her anyways it's you know? the old so, uh, it's the old the ends justify the means and it, yeah it also calls into question his return as a force ghost in the jedi, <laughs> 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 the jedi doesn't it is the uh, i just I was just yeah. thinking about that thinking how fucking sick is that now it never even sprung to my mind have, have you seen those memes it shows the, it shows a bunch of memes of him as a force ghost and then it shows all the young ones as force ghosts. Like, what the hell man Come on, dude! Why is he here? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> the thing that stuck in my mind is uh, I can't remember the, the you 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 all probably remember the name of the animal that, that he cuts open oh, um, the taunton and the taunton oh, the taunton and I thought the, they smelled uh, bad on the outside and then the intestines that was what got me from yeah. Star Wars um, yeah um, the, and I think that is. Uh, made a lifelong so i've almost got a phobia of intestines from that 
they just freaked me out. It was, and really, it, it was really gross looking. Yeah, it was. Really it was like, it, but if I'm thinking back about it now, though, it's like a load of condoms um, all tied together, really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah. I still would have stunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yours would have, yeah. Lucky. I'm telling you what, those guys that did the special effects on those, you know, top notch, like stuff that like I still don't think is matched to this day. I mean, all those people have probably done hundreds of movies since then just because, you know, it's it's different than nowadays, right? Everything nowadays is just computer generated BS, right? Every, even even kind of the prequels to a certain extent, it's like them just acting and there's just a green screen, right? And then they put yeah. like a big fountain and waterfall and stuff behind them and stuff. But yeah. what those guys, what those guys were doing you know, in London in, in 1975, 1976, just out in back alleys, like rolling little cars, like through like alleyways and stuff. I'm like, that was the Death Star. And it was done like in like a back alley. And like, you don't even think about that stuff because of how, how, how good it looks. Yeah. You know? I think there was, so, yeah, I remember watching something about them um, inventing a lot of the, the shots and the techniques for um, like the star cruises and things. And they, they kind of switched it around how they did it in terms of, I think they ran a camera over it a model rather than a model in front of a camera and, and things like that generally. Um, but yeah, it still looks good. One of the, one of the funniest special effects things, and I don't know, they may have scrubbed this out of the newer versions of it, but if you have like an older copy, uh, you know, in empire strikes back where they're going through that asteroid field. Um, one of the asteroids is actually like a potato. (laughs) They just needed stuff to like fill up the scene and like, I think one one point somebody tried to like throw a shoe into it. And like somebody threw there is like a there is a potato in there somewhere. I don't know if they like I said I don't know if they've scrubbed it out of the newer versions, but I, I, I want to be able to go back and find that and, and, and screenshot that. Well, that was the whole other shoot off, wasn't it, for George Lucas in terms of was it ILM Industrial Light and Mu- Music? Was it called Magic? Magic, Magic, it, yeah, it? yeah. So uh, you know, and he did. I think they did, he's done, well, or that studio did loads of special effects going forwards, didn't it, for lots of other films as well. I imagine they did all of um, Indiana yeah. Jones. I, and I, ILM, to, ILM to special effects was like the Beatles was to music oh, yeah. as yeah. far as revolutionising the techniques and mm. getting the yeah. most out of the technology that you had at the time. And right. there is a, yeah. that, that is one of the downfalls with the... Uh, I, I love the prequels. And I know people slated them when they come out, but I really enjoyed them. But one of the did things you, I didn't did, like was... Did you really like how you got you got into the politics of the... Uh, I like the, the politics, <laughs> yeah. I do, yeah. I'm, I'm interested in the Trade Federation <laughs> and what they're doing. It did have pod racing, to be fair. Yeah, the pod racing, that's just fluff, the pod <laughs> racing. It's just fluff for, the, for you know... Me. Yeah. <laughs> Juveniles like you. I, I'm interested yep. in the grand, you know, political machinations, the Machiavellian... <laughs> Plans and you know, and the the profound quotes, you know, what, like, like, or do you want me, uh, <laughs> like this one? So this is how liberty dies with thunderous applause. That's when uh, the emperor, you know, connives for uh, special to become the emperor. You mean? Well, right. to, he's emer- a leader, isn't he? Emergency powers, isn't it, Carl? That was the whole oh, thing. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Yeah, he he got him to. <laughs> He got him to, to throw out the prior chancellor because he wasn't strong enough. And sure enough, he gets appointed. Then he's like, well, thanks for appointing me, but I need more powers. So if you guys could just give me more powers too. And then, you know what, this is great, but can we just turn this into me just running it for the rest of my life? And everybody's like, yeah, <laughs> that's great. Let's, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. There's nothing wrong with that. And, and, you know, and the funny part is, and you see this in our world too, all of those steps 
where he gained more and more and more power, it was because he was pushing fear on everybody, fear of this trade federation, this separatist alliance, you know, fighting, you know, destroying the republic, and also um, saying that, listen, this is this is for the the benefit of the republic. This is for our own good, right? Like that's why we have all these lockdowns and restrictions. It's for your own good, you know. It's so it's it's so comparable to everything going on now that everything they do is just to to push the people down more and give themselves more power. And it just, it's a repeating cycle through history. And the, uh, the sort of the bankers and the space capitalists, the trade federation, they don't even figure it out until, yeah. until yeah. you know, the double cross when, uh, An- well, is he Anakin at that time? He's probably Vader, isn't he? When he, when he's sent to execute them, they were just yeah. a pawn. Yeah. And, and at the very end, they said, they said, well, as Anakin's about to kill them all, they're like, what are you doing? Like, you know, uh, Darth Sidious or Palpatine, you promised us peace. Right. Like, no, you don't you don't realize when you align yourself with that type of 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 person, you're not going to get you're not going to get the better end. Just look at every just look at everything that happened in, you know, Soviet Russia. You know, they treated the uh, the, the liberals and the politicians and the socialists that aligned with them the same as the dissidents. You know, they lined them all up against them all and shot them because those because those kind of people were actually more dangerous because they knew too much. They knew too much about how the game was played. So they had to be taken out as well. And yeah, in, in, you don't, they don't see it happening until it's, it, it's far too late. And I think everybody else can kind of see it, can see it coming, but, but they're too, too invested in it because of, because they've been promised this and that and this and that. And, you know, you can say the same for Vader, right? He was promised all this power and he was promised to find out the key between life and death and promised to save his wife. And he was been, he's been led along with all these promises and they, they never come to fruition because they're just, holding it dangling it over his head and he, you can never you can never jump up and reach it and they just they just you know to use a american football analogy you know they keep moving the goalposts right they're here and now they're over here and now they're over here and you can never you can never get the ball through so it's uh once again you know i think lucas was way way over the target when it came to telling us how politics really were you know but putting it in a star wars context i don't i don't think you know i think one of the and I'm calling this kind of the prequel conspiracy. I'm kind of making up this own conspiracy myself is that I think when the prequels came out, I think a lot of the powers that be, whenever they saw the story he was telling, were like, whoa, he's really hitting it too close to the mark here. We need to kind of um, make up something else for people to talk about, which is, you know, why when you talk about the prequels to anybody, one of the first things they bring up is Jar Jar Binks, right? <laughs> because he's a, he's a silly character, this and that. And so a, a lot of attention is focused on how stupid he was and this and that, but but if you, you know, if you think about it, like the story they're telling about the politics is is dangerously close to our actual politics. You know, no different than um, like the both the UK and the US version of that House of Cards series. Right. Like they 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 um, employed a lot of similar storylines and ideas from actual politics. And it's, it's, um, it's so clo- it's so close to the market. It's scary. Is Boris Johnson or Jar Jar Binks? <laughs> <laughs> Probably, yeah. I would, I would I would say so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. a useful idiot. I think yes. you, na- you nailed it. He's a useful idiot. He's yep. not in control yep. of anything. Yeah. Or Bojo. And the, then why it, do we call him Bojo the Clown? Well, exactly, yeah. And then the Trade Federation, you can think of all like the Googles and Amazons and all these big corporate business leaders that are going along with all these agendas, but um, they're going to, it's going to, it's going to bite them in the end. And, you know, actually one, one thing that happened, I didn't really realize because they didn't show it in the prequels, but. You know, after like what we talked about, after Anakin destroyed, killed all those Trade Federation leaders, 
Palpatine basically made all those trade federation organizations just part of the government. He, he took control of all those companies too. So it wasn't just about him wiping out the useful idiots. He also consolidated the control of all of the corporate businesses in the galaxy as well. Wow. So you can probably see something very similar, similar in our world happening if things progress as they are. Where did you find that out from if it wasn't in the, the movies? Um, it was in some, I think it was in some companion novels and, you know, I, I, I go all the time to that. Have you guys been to that Wookie, Wikipedia website? <laughs> yeah. It, it's like, uh, you know, it's basically like Star Wars Wikipedia, but talks about all the different events and stuff. And I'll be honest, it's probably more, more reliable than, than Wikipedia at this point. <laughs> you can probably look up real life events on there. It'll make more sense than Wikipedia, but yeah, it, it, I, I just looked up stuff about the trade federation to kind of talk about the history of how it got from, from those people to really being like brought into the, uh, into the fold of the empire, which is kind of terrifying. 